All right, there we with bourbon. As now the cats want to start causing trouble just as I hit record, I've got Jesse Kelly with me tonight from the Jesse Kelly Show. How are you, brother? I'm good, my man. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. It is. It's. it's I know it's an honor. Of course, it's an honor. <laughs> it's an honor to have you, my friend. And before we get into the shenanigans of this evening, I would just like to obviously talk about what will be fueling tonight's discussion. And for me, as I said on the old Twitters, as new Twitter files get unleashed, I don't know if you saw those yet, but I am in the middle of killing some bottles because we've got some moving coming up shortly, and uh, we're gonna kill uh, Elmer T. Lee tonight. Uh, once upon a time, it was about 39 bucks on your shelf from a good old Buffalo trace distillery. And now you could probably add a digit if you even find it, you know, Ooh. whatever. Um, and I did see you're, you're partaking tonight as well. What did you manage to, to collect on your, your way here? There will be bourbon part podcast and not have a bourbon. That's one, two. That's right. What I've got on hand here, we have a, it's a great, uh, Texas whiskey, Texas bourbon called TX, TX. And they have a bunch of different kinds of it. I got one tonight that is finished in a cognac. They finish it in cognac casks. Ah. So it has at the end of it, it is freaking good. Real, real good. So. All right. This is annoying. Get both of you. All right. Had to kick the cats out. That was early. Usually that doesn't take place for an hour or two. So we'll start sooner than that. You know, you mentioned the, the bourbon finished in the cognac cask. So my wife, she's in the wine industry. And so her... They've uh, worked on some stuff with uh, Whistlepig to do some finishing in like Whistlepig barrels. <laughs> that stuff, the, the finish that that adds to you, plus it kicks up the alcohol content a little bit. In the it's it's very delicious and it's very dangerous. Now the TX that you were talking about, I've seen that. You know where I've seen it mostly is in the PX and <laughs> the class six. I've never tried it though. I've always seen it. And I've always like, Oh, I like this label. I've just never it's, picked it up because I've been kind of hit or miss on all Texas bourbons. Anyway, I'm not really big on the Garrison brothers or the balconies. So um, it's good. It's, it's good. If you don't want to break the bank, you want something a little better, better than the Jim Beam I used to drink in the Marines. You don't want to break the bank, which I don't like to break the bank on anything. So it's good. It's good enough for me for this for this white trash guy. <laughs> I got a giant bottle of Jim Beam over there anyway, because you got to have that. And honestly, if I'm going to do poolside drinks in the summer, I like to do a little Jim Beam, the the stag, the cherry, and I mix it with some Diet Pepsi. That's oh yeah, That's yeah. Drink stuff like that. Yeah, you can't drink normal bourbon or whiskey in the sun. You just, I mean, you can, but you're not going to remember what you were doing or well, where you're at world for drinking a girly drink like that by the pool except i get caught routinely down here in the texas sun i'll get they have everyone has shinerbach everyone knows what shinerbach yeah, is by yeah great, good stuff great beer they have they have strawberry shinerbach that they put out i think it's year round and by the pool if you get some ice cool strawberry shiners by the pool is about as good as it gets that, that's what you got to do because you know people want to get all snobbish especially out here that the ipas you can't drink an ipa in the california summer you're gonna no. have a very bad day you're probably gonna drown wherever you're at yeah. you, you know what I mean? you really do need that's why coors light these things were invented you need some colorado spring rocky little what is it rocky mountain spring water Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's why 30 packs were invented because you can drink them all day. And at the same time you're drinking it, you're hydrating all at the same time because you're taking that water from that light beer and it's, and it's good to go. If you want to mess around and drink an IPA or a Shiner Bach, like you're saying, not the strawberry version, you're probably not going to be conscious for more than two hours. Oh, no, you're not. And even if you do remain conscious, you'll wake up and wish you weren't. <laughs> all right. 
so now we got to get a little bit more into what's been going on today. You know, honestly, good timing award. I'm glad you picked the Thursday after your favorite WNBA star was released from prison <laughs> over in Russia, huh? How's that going for you? You know, it just it shows what kind of a crazy country we are. I actually don't think I don't think there was a, a big strategic value in Victor Boot anymore. I know what he was, and I know right. how he was in that following the Soviet Union and and the lines he had on all the weaponry and stuff like that. But that was 25 years ago. He doesn't have those same contacts now. He doesn't. So I don't I don't know that I don't know that I'm assigning assigning him the same level of value everyone else is. What honestly makes me matter than anything else is we took Paul Whalen, who's been there for four years, a Marine, and don't tell me you couldn't have got Paul Whalen. Of course they could have got Paul Whalen. Instead they didn't they picked Brittany Griner and they picked Brittany Griner because she's gay and because she's black and because for all the reasons it shouldn't matter at all. It shouldn't come into play at all. You're an American or you're not an American. Who's the American who's been there the longest? Look, if she was there the longest, I don't even worry about the Marine. She was there for four years and he'd been there for 10 months. You got to go get her out. You got to get her back. Those are our people. But that stuff doesn't even get considered anymore in this clown country we have. So it is what it is. I see. I see where you're coming from because I agree. I like. I hate the identity politics. I hate reducing people to whatever group they want to ascribe to at the moment. <clears throat> I w- I would just like to let's start as we're Americans, right? Let's start there, and then let's work back from how do we get the Americans home, okay? And then I go with what you're saying, guy that's been there for what 2018. I think he was convicted, and you know they'll say it was. What were they trying to say it was espionage or something? So I heard this take earlier from someone. <clears throat> And let me get your opinion on it. So if Russia is, an, is you know, cognizant enough to realize that, hey, let's grab her. We'll hold her and see what we can get for her. We know it's a bullshit charge. We can't hide that forever. But if they're going to claim that Waylon was for espionage, something that's kind of, you know, it's their version. It's like their version of how they describe espionage or not right so if they if that if that's like the big strategic value and there's also no name recognition to the average american over it do you think that russia would hold that person out for something else whether we have it to offer or not because why would russia give a two for one for example with victor boot when they can just hold him for something else later down the line i look it's i don't know because i don't know vladimir putin i only know what what most people know well, I don't know if he's some Machiavellian super genius or the people around him are, or he's just some dumb Russian thug. I don't know. I don't care for the guy anyway. But I could easily see Putin having done this, really not even offering Waylon, saying Waylon's off the table for Brittany Griner just to make Biden look like a chump. That's, that's not something that would be abnormal. And these swaps historically, one world leader will oftentimes see if he can make a sucker out of another world yeah. leader. Uh, Germans did it with Stalin. They had Stalin's own son, who was, I believe he was a low-ranking corporal or something like that at the time. And the Nazis wanted some of their generals back. And they offered Stalin his own son if he would give them back generals. Now, Stalin being who Stalin was, says, we don't trade generals for corporals. <laughs> so he killed himself. That's who he is. But, but at the same time, that was the Germans seeing if they could make Stalin look like a chump, right? They let me see. We got your son. We see you make you look like a chump. Why not make Joe Biden look like a chump? We gave up an arms dealer for a freaking WNBA basketball player. We looked like saps to the whole world. I could definitely see that that being a reason for it, for sure. How do you think that's received? Well, 
we forget sometimes as Americans, I forget that we have been number one for so long, number one economically, number one yeah. military, so long. We've gotten so used to that. That's the only country I've ever known. I'm 41. That's right. all I've ever known. Hey, same uh, age. All right. We forget that that people around the world are always watching us. We forget it because we're never watching them. I don't. I couldn't tell you what the leader yeah. of Germany's voice sounds like. I cover news for a living, and I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I don't know what the I don't know what the new PM of the, of the UK sounds like. I don't, I don't even know, know who it is. I just remember Markel, and she's gone. Exactly. Right? So, but we get these foreign these foreign countries. It's not that way for them. They're always watching when we talk. They know who our president is. They know <laughs> yeah. what's going on over here. And the, look. Once you when you've been number one for long enough, people are going to be cheering. A lot of people are going to be cheering when you start to fall. There are a lot of people that are very much enjoying watching with uh, watching the United States of America have a president who can't talk. Watching the United States of America do clown thing after clown thing, they're they're cheering it on. I, that the Afghanistan thing was was on top of thirteen freaking lives lost. It was an international embarrassment that had people across the globe cheering. Hey, look at the big bad United States of America. Yeah. Look bunch of chumps it's it sucks but it's, it's where we are and you know there's there's so much to to kind of pick apart or unpack there because one's got to think what's the root cause of that because what you said though is everything myself others especially the people in power i mean they've been there in the part of this country way longer than you and i were even alive right so why would they want to either see it or manage a decline? Like what, what, how does that benefit anything for them? Because, you know, outside of their own personal legacy, they still got families, they still got their next generations. Right. So that's where I always come out when people are like, Oh, it's a managed decline. It's unintentional. I'm like, well, where's the long-term value in that for them? Cause it's not like, it's just once they're gone, that's it. Well, that's because you're putting your values on them. You would never, I mean, you have a family, right? You, you have cats, wife, things like that. You would never. Cats for sure. You would never do anything long term that would turn out bad for them. If you've got uh, mad at your living room couch, you wouldn't go light it on fire. Hey, what if it catches the whole house on fire? It might yeah. burn the white. You would just honestly, you, right. wouldn't, you wouldn't do something like that. But we're not dealing with people who have our value system or, or think like that in any way. I love my country. I would die for my country to this day. And when you have that value system, when you realize, man, I'm so blessed to be here. I could have been born in any other dump on this planet and I'm here and yeah. it's a great place. You project those values onto our world leaders, but Western leaders, not just America, Western leaders don't have those values anymore now. Western leaders don't do that. There was a time in this country where Teddy Roosevelt's trying to go fight World War One, and he couldn't. He just sent all of his sons. Okay, you go fight then. That's, that's that's what the West used to be. They the leaders used to consider themselves the vanguards of freedom. They don't view that now. They think the West sucks. They think the West is evil. They think the West, frankly, deserves to be dropped, brought down a peg or two. No one in the Biden White House stressed for a minute when Afghanistan fell, looked bad internationally, except the poll numbers. That's all they cared about. They weren't worried about the country or anything. There wasn't ever a heartfelt moment. Oh, what about those dead troops? Joe Biden went and saw the families when the troops got pulled off and checked his watch the whole time. That wasn't one internet picture. Several of the fam of the parents who said he was just disinterested the whole time, just a piece of trash. I'm not even sure that's on him because I just I don't think he's there cognitively, right? Well, I got and that's not even new to so that's kind of sad to watch, in my opinion, because he reminds me of my grandfather at his last 
year or two when he was here and I lost him about three years ago. Like, like that's what he reminds me of. So I try not really to pick on that guy because I just don't think he's up for the fight. You know, I would love for him to be, and I know they can kind of get him ready on once, you know, once in a while when they, 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 they take him out and, and put him on display. But for the most part, whoever's running the actual day to day, that's what I want to ask you about. Like, so where do you think that happened? Because I think you and I, like, we just like, we're the same age. I think you joined a little bit before me. I joined only because of 9-11. Like that was it. I was in college trying to do other things. I had no intention of it. Right. And I know, I think you were, you had already joined you. You watched kind of 9-11 take place while you were in the, in the barracks or something to that effect. Um, so we're right around the same time frame for why we joined or, or when we joined. So that's why I'm saying like, that wasn't that long ago. Like 20 years seems like a long time. I don't think it's a long time in the social media era, but what you're describing, I, I'm trying to think about, okay, well then let's let's drill down to when and why that happened. So why do you think, and when do you think that took place? Well, we'd be naive to think that it just happened as fast as it seems like it just happened. The, we, yeah. This country was infiltrated decades ago. This country was infiltrated in the 20s by communist subversives who were trying to bring it down. They wrote all this stuff down. To the communist credit, they wrote all this stuff down, what they were doing and why they were doing it. But they had a very hard time catching on here. You weren't going to come into the United States of America and appeal to the workers. Yeah, the workers had it great here in this country. Still have it great. So they had to, they took a long time to cultivate different groups of malcontents. And then once you cultivate those different groups, you got the civil rights, the feminists, the LGBTQ Air Force, the, the, all these guys. Once you, groups, once you have the different groups of malcontents, okay, that's one thing. You've got them. But now you're just some loser on the street corner waving a sign. You don't have power. You have to work your way through the institutions. You have to get yourselves in positions yeah. of leadership. A great story the other night that actually proves my point on this is <clears throat> I was hanging with a guy. I won't go into the details. I know a guy who knows a guy. It's one of those things. Yeah. I know a guy who knows a guy who graduated Harvard with Barack Obama. And, okay, so there you are graduating class he's telling me a story about graduating class graduation day here you are big shot you just graduated harvard tell me how rich you're about to be right and so all of them are swapping hey what are you going to do i'm going to go work yeah. for this law or i'm going to go work for coca-cola i'm going to go everyone has this big shot job waiting for them and they got to barack obama who was kind of a clown to them in the class and barack obama told them i'm going to go be a community organizer and they all mocked him to his face what a loser what an idiot all that time at harvard you're going to be some chump no, Obama wasn't the chump. Obama's the one who understood where real power comes from. And it's not the boardroom of Coca-Cola. Obama had higher things in mind. The communists have always been this way. So they worked their way through all our institutions, most importantly, our education system. And we've been teaching children for years in this country, either to flat out hate the place or in absence of that, we teach them that there's nothing spectacular about America. You don't have to tell a five-year-old, a six-year-old that America sucks. All you have to do is, you know, tell them oh, it's, it's it's OK or America is just about slavery or something like that. And when you ingrain that in society for year after year after year, like they did very purposefully, you eventually end up with a country where too many of the people don't care about it. We still have tons of great patriots in this country, yeah. millions, millions and millions of them. But the percentages are getting real, real frightening. You can survive as a nation if 10 percent of the country hates the place. If 50 percent of the country hates the place, you're in some very serious trouble. And, you know, so I think what you're kind of, <clears throat> I think what you're saying is, uh, reminds me of something I remember. So when I was in Afghanistan, I finally got uh, Andrew Breitbart. I think, I can't remember which book it was. I think it was his first one. And he had recently passed. 
this was 2013, I think, maybe 2014. But what you're describing is something that he talked about, I think. He talked about how the the communists in America struggled for so long to gain traction that they just started rebranding. And the rebranding thing comes straight out of what, you know, I remember. So I, <laughs> my undergrad was hilarious. It was political science. But one of my favorite classes was politics of the European Union. And if you look at how the the, the elections of the European Union work, these parties rise and fall every two years and they figure out what works and what doesn't. And when they, they take what works and in the next election, they either rebrand, change the name or do whatever. And that's how we've kind of honestly, if you go back and look at France, that's how Marie Le Pen has managed to get to where she's at. Because of course she wasn't she, like it, it wasn't her father started a lot there, but they couldn't catch on and it was all branding. And, it, and so I, I go back to what Breitbart was saying. He's like the where the communists really started to find their their niche was the green movement in the sixties and education. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that, that he's hundred percent right. And now they, I mean, they've branched out a little bit more. The feminists were always with them. I mean, that that's partially how the 19th amendment got passed, which has been disastrous for the country anyway. Republican so, party. What's that? Rouse Republican party that did that. Of course. Of course. I've got to be nice to the women. Well, that worked out really well. So the feminists, always been there the civil rights thing is a huge thing too people don't talk about because everyone's so scared about offending somebody these days it's not the civil republican party it's not that civil rights are bad it's that they figured out very quickly the communists did wait a minute this gigantic group of people who are being treated like crap in this country this is a perfect perfect group for us to infiltrate and they did all of obama's mentors are civil rights leaders most of them are trained communists they're all they're all communists frank marshall davis all these guys so you got the civil rights of feminists. The, the green movement's a great one. If you want to wreck an economy, there's nothing better than the green movement. And then the LGBTQ Air Force thing, which we talked about, that focuses on destroying the family and destroying the church. It's extremely useful for both those things. So I, I that's why I kind of come back to um, there's there's got to be an end game. There's got to be an end game in everything. So what you're describing is there's there's – there's people specifically in power, and you, you talked about, you know, 10% is fine, 50%, we got a problem. This is a big-ass country still at the end of the day, right? And I was talking to my brother about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, actually, no, it wasn't that long ago. It was when the first leak of the whole Twitter files thing came out. And it's like his comment to me is kind of what I mirror is, you know, you got, what, 350 million people in this country, about 99.9% of them would just go about their daily business just trying to work, you know, take care of their families. And that's it. And they probably, especially now in this era, in the social media era, not many of them really give a fuck about what's going on or tune into the media or anything. Because, I mean, you know, you're in, this is your industry. It's ratings. Like, you might look at your ratings and be like, wow, that's a lot of people listening to me. But when you really extrapolate and, go and break that down, for the most part, the only people really listening to you, man, are people like me and yourself. Like, the ones that yeah. truly give a shit, right? It's a any percentage and i mean you just you nailed our problem it's not that more people need to listen to me i'm not saying that we have so many people who don't pay attention and and that's the blessings of liberty right when that's the blessings of the country where you have so much and you got the white picket fence and you got a couple vehicles that run right and your kids are right and and the wolves aren't battering down your door you don't feel this urge to pay attention or get involved our challenge is to wake people up to what is happening and how fast it's happening because people will often cite numbers and like percentages of the population yeah. as far as 
what people think. I've had people say this to me before. The country isn't divided. The country isn't even that divided. 10% of the people hate 10% of the people. Well, that's the only 20% that matters. And I'm not trying to be mean to the people who aren't interested, yeah. but don't matter. It's not that you don't matter as a person. You are unimportant completely into the direction the country is going to, going to go. Right. If you're not involved, <laughs> if you're involved at all, you do not matter. The 10% will decide the future of the country. The communists were never popular. And the Soviet Union, when they won, they had 25% support in the entire population, 75% of the country that hated them. They weren't worried about being popular. They were worried about seizing the levers of power, and that's what they did. Power and popularity are two very different things, and people don't know that. So do you really think, like, because I think one of America's biggest issues is that we always like to tell ourselves that none of that stuff that goes on around the world and the other countries, it couldn't, it can't happen here. It can't. So do you really think... Do you think that's is it that simple? Like, do you really think that that's what's kind of going on? And the reason I brought up the stuff from before is like, when can we nail this down? Because I know what we're, we're, we're you know, communists play the long game. They've always done that. The right doesn't. They're terrible at it. <clears throat> they, they, they're constantly on defense. They're never on offense. But if that's so true, what's that's why I go back to the end game. What's because what's the end game? Because, OK, fine, we're going to take America down a few pegs or whatever. All right, well. Why and what and and to what? Because, man, you really start to peel that back. Like you don't really need the government in this country if you really think about it to kind of defend what's within it. To talk about being a great American, to talk about the stuff you'd live and die for, because you'd live and die for your country. You're not really living and dying for the idea of the government, right? You're right. You're, well, you're living and dying for the idea of what America is. Well, we, we we think to ourselves they have to have an end game because we have one. But Lenin himself said revolution without end. The revolution can never stop. The destruction can never stop. What they really worship is destruction. And that's very hard for normal people to understand and accept. Yes, there are evil things at play like the World Economic Forum and working close with the United Nations right now on this ridiculous 2030 agenda to abolish your private property rights and things like that. So yeah, I'm not going to act like there isn't some big agenda. There definitely is. But for 99% of these people who aren't sitting in these lofty positions of power, the, the head of a big tech company or the head of the World Economic Forum or something like that, for most people, for, mo well, for most of the communists, I should say, they're not, they're not worried about grand plans. You're dealing with bitter losers who have nothing to live for Mo almost all the time they have horrible family lives or had horrible family lives all they want to do they wake up every single day and they want to destroy the two inches in front of their faces and you can say to yourself you're on a ship and you're punching holes in your own ship don't you see how this is going to end you could never get to that with that person at all that wouldn't stop them or slow them down in any way they, they don't see things in that way they, they wake up and want to destroy the same way someone like you wants to wake up and build or do something positive there are people out there i know you've seen these people there are people out there that are just simply death personified that's just what they are how does it's it doesn't that like when you listen to what you just said doesn't that like make you really like confused at how a person like that exists in any no, country, it doesn't have to be the United States or the West. It just any imagine that person in any country on this planet. Isn't that just like a how? I was I was reading a story today, and uh, there was a, a something called the Cheka, the secret state police. I know you know what it is. It was before the NKVD, before the KGB, and the Soviet Union. There was something called the Cheka, okay. and they used to go around and torture people to death and things like that. 
and they had the they had full rights to do whatever they wanted to do. They were not accountable by the law. They could, they were judge, jury, executioner. They could do whatever they wanted to, whenever they wanted to, answer anybody really except for Lenin himself. And you go digging into the check of the things they did, and you find out that they actually loved torture so much that the different regions where the, you'd have a Cheka office here or a Cheka office here, they would have different forms of torture they were experimenting with to try to figure out which one is most horrible. One of their favorites, they would take your hands and they would put your hands in boiling water and they'd boil your hands and then pull your hands out of the boiling water and peel the skin off of it. They'd try to get it all in one skin. That way they could put your skin of your hand on themselves like a glove and mock you while you stood there without skin on your hands anymore. Now, let me ask you something, Eric. What type of person is capable of something like that? There is evil out there. I, I know people believe different things, and that's fine. It's not my job to tell people what, what, what to believe. But I do believe in demons, and I do believe in the devil. And I've read enough about communism to know that it is very much real. Evil is There are people who live simply to destroy and steal and kill and for normal people with a moral code of any kind, it is very difficult for that person to understand that evil is real. Yeah, and, but I, I'm trying to come back because, you know, I'm an optimist at, at my core. You know, I might acknowledge the things that you just said, but I'm trying to, you know, the type of person because – I would like to let me say this, what you just described. Let's think about the time period we described it, because honestly, I think the 20th century was fucking awful. Like, it was just <laughs> a, I mean, think about how quickly we advanced technologically. But just think about the fucking mount, the amount of people killed it. You, it, you people, especially yeah, like my kids, your kid, like none of them have a concept of how much what it's like to lose like that many people. You go back starting in World War One. You know, you start, then you go to World War II, just Vietnam, like all of it, all of that century, like hundreds of millions of people gone. Hundreds, of, hundreds of millions. I, uh, there are stories from World War One that are just horrible. European stories are actually worse than ours. I mean, that's just oh the worst god, world. it is. Yeah. And you read these stories about places like Britain, where they would, for camaraderie's sake, they would take a, a town, a small town, and they would keep all the young men who joined. They would keep them together in the same unit. Mm. And so then you go into World War One, yeah, and then the whole and, town's fucking gone. Yeah, that's the artillery that's terrible war. Idea. <laughs> One round lands, and you didn't yeah. just kill a platoon; you killed an entire town's worth of young men and all the wives and mothers and sisters and brothers in that town at the same day. They all found out none of the young men are ever coming home again. They're all gone. Like that kind of. It's what that, that is that is that is a level of sorrow and death and agony that is that is unimaginable and you're right as as communism i mean because of communism that's why the 20th century was so bad communism killing power of the weapons and now people aren't dying you know you're not sacking a medieval city of a hundred thousand people it's genghis khan you know burning down some city in the middle east now you're just watching people die by the million and starve people on purpose it's just mankind is what it is yeah yeah that's what and that's what i like to say because you know i i come back to man there's so much man i wish you could stay longer but i understand i'm, I'm just trying to because my issue for the most part at the when it comes to the big picture size is that still in this country we have zero concepts about how the rest of this this world lives we do and just <laughs> and what their real problem what the problems are 
Yeah, it's because we have had it so good for so long. It's wild when you look at even out there now, countries that are going through things like the prospect of invasion. I mean, do people know that the Indians are actually having hand-to-hand combat fights yes. in Himalaya Mountains with Chinese troops? Right. You don't know what that's like as an American. You're not. A, you've never experienced anything like that. There are countries out there that wake up every day and you might be invaded by the monster next door or yeah. the warlord in Africa maybe coming in to chop your hands off and kidnap your children. That's how people didn't just live back then. People live that way today. There's no American that experiences that now. We're so blessed that we are frankly isolated and spoiled from what well, we what, literally are right. We're like, we're the most geographically insulated country in existence. Mm-hmm. Our, our neighbors are Canada and Mexico. <laughs> we're not, and, you know, I always make it. I just had, a, I had a, I just read, I had a man. I had this random great conversation, dude. I was just in Baltimore on Monday night. I think it was Monday night. And, uh, and then this Italian restaurant in a little Italy neighborhood in Baltimore. And uh, there's this, uh a gay black female couple sitting next to me eating whatever and just randomly like one one of them got up and i struck up this conversation because i really liked her glasses and i just complimented her on her glasses and the next thing you know we sat there and talked for two hours um but i bring that up because one of the things i brought up is uh you know one of them was they they were mid-30s one of them is like they were definitely afraid of like a, a civil war in America, but also like, what, what would we do if we were invaded? And were they my, hot? huh? Were they hot? No, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, one was all right, but one, it was the typical, like very like butchy one. And then the other one is just very feminine. Right. Wishful thinking. Anyway, go on. <clears throat> yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. I understand. Like, that's what you want. You want to, you want to, but uh, no. And so my thing to them that I've always, and I've always said, I've maintained, I've maintained this since, probably my first year in the, in the army is that I don't think you even need the military to defend this country. If somebody was dumb enough to invade it. No, we weren't supposed to have one. I mean, that's what we don't like talking about a lot is we're not supposed to have a military this size at all. In fact, the founders all spoke extensively against the dangers of having a standing army this size and the abuses of liberty and the abuses of people's taxpayer money. And, yeah. and it, you're not supposed to have this. In America, we don't even need it at all. We need a sweet Navy and as much, God forgive me, we needed a good, great Air Force because you have to stay technologically <laughs> up to other people. But much as it hurts me, the Army and the Marine Corps should be small. You should have a great group of NCOs and staff NCOs and decent officers, if you can find any of those losers, and that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I, but what I was telling to them was, it's like, look, first of all, let's just let's just imagine that something happened on both coasts. All right, so first you got to get through a, you got to get through the gangs in those cities, all right? Because we all we all know the cities they got on the coast, they all have all those. You're not allowed to have guns. Well, guess who has them? Okay, yeah. so all right, we're gonna deal with that. Hey. And plus, they're going to land in an area that they have no familiarity with. I don't care how many satellite images you study. You still don't know where the fuck you are if you land in New York City or in L.A. or whatever, for example. Right. And then you got to make it all the way through that. So let's just go to the West Coast. You're going to tell me that someone's dumb enough to try and go through the, the through, through Northern California. Like those people are literally they, they will kill you. They don't even need to have a reason. They will. That's Northern California. You get up past Auburn and start getting into the Sierra Nevadas through Tahoe, and then you start going up on the coast. 
you're dealing with a different type of human. People want to mock California all they want. It's not about the government. It's about you need to know what's up in those hills and those mountains. Okay. Same thing on the on the East Coast. Fine. You made it past that. Now you got to get through inland. Now you're going to run into the people with the rifles. Now you're going to run into those people. Enjoy inland South Carolina and North Carolina. Let me know how that Kentucky. <laughs> let me see. Yeah, that- and you haven't even got to the Midwest yet. You haven't even got into any of that. It. So yeah. that's my thing with them is like, look, you got to understand we are in such an amazing geographical lottery winning place. And I wish we would have someone who could come along and actually exploit that idea and that ideal and go back to what you said about if people would just pay attention in this country. And then we could probably really coalesce and have something great for the next century. But where we're at, man, like you remember that. Oh, actually, you probably don't, because unfortunately you were already in the Marines when 9-11 happened, right? I was. Dude, I was. Well, you probably I mean, I'm sure I'm not the first person to tell you what it was like to just drive around through normal America after 9-11 and just see that overt display of unity and patriotism and honestly, that's what made me join. Like I joined a week, like I went and my first conversation with a recruiter was a week later, but all of that, I was just like, man, I don't want to miss out on this. I don't want to miss out on that. Right. But okay. Let's think it's, it's, it's been 20 years later, right? 21. How the, f- how, how have we gone so far from that moment to where we're kind of at in this country today? Do you think it's social media amplified or do you think that's like real, that that really permeates the the, the majority of this country. Well, I don't, I don't know who said the line, and I'm going to butcher the line, but it's true. It's uh, something to the effect of sometimes history takes a long time, and sometimes history happens all at once. And that's not the right line. I screwed that up, but it's Sounds definitely. Good, though. A, I'll give it to you. Then you can take credit it, for it. <laughs> it's not the right it, one. <laughs> I thought John Kelly said that. Everybody, but but go. that. I mean, we uh, today they passed the, the def- uh, Defensive Marriage Act or something, something, whatever the new gate passing through there. People, people do realize that the the bill that they repealed it just passed in the '90s, signed into law by Bill Clinton. It's it was only like 24, 25 years old. The Congress passed the law saying marriage is between a man and a woman, and a Democrat president signed it. And less than 30 years later, we're signing the polar opposite law. Things that were happening so slow throughout the 40s, 50s, ramped up a little bit in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. They were happening so slow, we didn't realize they were going to get to the place where they're happening all at once. Right. The next years in this country are going to look nothing like even like the last 20 years as things happen all at once. So we'll see, see how they shape. So let me, because I know we're about 15 minutes here. So I got two last real big questions for you because what you're describing on the macro level is kind of what I see here in San Francisco on the micro level, right? So there's a lot of San Francisco, there's a lot of evidence of the, just the average San Franciscan starting to really wake up. Like you can, you can look at it through their overturning these school board elections recently They're, they they got rid of this DA. Uh, a lot of them are just fed up with it. And, you know, a guy in a unit of mine I was in, he, I, I asked him, he's a lifelong 44 year old Asian American born and raised in San Francisco. Like when did he notice the issues going on in San Francisco? Right. And he ties it to about the last 12 to 13 years. So 20, 2007, 2008. And what he really said to me that made that really stuck out. He's like, it, it's, it's been the emergence of tech. 
because you've had all these people in flux into the Bay Area between here, Silicon Valley, San Jose, Santa Clara, all those areas that surround San Francisco. And the majority of them are engineers who come from all over the world. And none of them have a concept of what our Bill of Rights is because they don't come from that. And so what that's led to in those local areas is people really pushing for the, the most extreme left-wing policies because that's all they know. But it's also manifested itself in what we see take place in on a daily basis in San Francisco, right? Don't get me wrong. I can walk through some areas of San Francisco and it's one of the most beautiful cities you'll ever see. But if I start getting in inward, I get into the Tenderloin or I get into some of those areas, man, it's... It's fucking annoying that the fact that you can't literally walk through a great American city like that without constantly feeling like when you were back on fucking patrol in Iraq, like you constantly have to feel on guard, dude. And that's not how you should feel in an American city. You shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. There are a lot of there are a lot of things happening right now that you can say that about, though. I mean, it shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be this way. I think that we can. I know I'm, I'm very guilty of this myself. I wake up a lot of days and I see things happening out there and I say it shouldn't be this way. I think I think for me, I need to wake up. I always have to slap myself awake and realize that I'm not entitled to live in the same country that my father got to live in, that his his father got to live in. That, Good that point. I've been given a different country and I've had to tell my sons, I'm sorry that we didn't do more to make sure you got to keep this. You got, you got to live in the same country, but we didn't. And now you're stuck with it. Now you're gonna have to grow up and learn how to live with it. Yeah, I, I don't. I I wish it was this way. I look. I I love New York City. I love I love cities. Yeah. I love yeah. I love it all. New York City is one of my favorite places in the world. Man, last time I was there, someone pulled his pants down and peed in the sidewalk at noon as I'm walking down there. There's drugs everywhere. It's so sad. People were all drugged out of their minds and just. I hate that stuff. It bums me out so bad. I don't hate them. I feel so bad for them. Just yeah. mind wrecked by addiction yeah. and everything. It's awful, but it's what it is. I was never entitled to this country, you know. So I wanted to ask you about this. Well, I, I got time, I think. So let me let me follow up on what you just said. Another thing he mentioned was, and I think this is kind of something I've been noticing more and more, is when you go back to mental health in this issue in this country, right? What have we gotten away from? And I'm not trying to say it like in a bad way or in or like it's the best thing, but maybe it actually had some merit to it. And I know it's it's totally stigmatized now. We we mock it in, in TV shows and movies, but look at these asylums that are no longer around because that's where those people used to go. And now without them being around, they're let out onto the public streets of, of these major cities. And this is what you see. This is why you have a guy peeing in front of you at noon. This is why you got a guy like when I took my daughter to her first Giants game in San Francisco when she was 10, no, 11, and we're sitting at the the on-ramp or the the exit ramp. And, you know, on this side of the street, I got $5,000 a month apartments. And then under the overpass, I got a guy sitting there shooting up heroin live right in front of her, right? But that's why. Because the things that used to exist to take those people out of society, good or bad, no longer exist. And we've given them free reign. Well, we don't even call it mental health now is the problem. We don't even acknowledge that mental health is a thing really now. We we will hand people a bunch of pills or we'll take a man who feels that he wants to chop his penis off and become a woman. And instead of getting him some help, 
or or getting him someone so let's hey buddy let's that, that's someone who needs help that's someone yeah. mentally who's yeah who's, that's good that's something not normal he, instead we have an entire society now that says absolutely go go chop him off and, and now we'll call you sally and 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 so he just gets to instead of being told he needs help and given help he just wades deeper and deeper and deeper in his mental illness and soon he has no penis at all and he wears lipstick every day and he's usually drugged out of his mind and suicidal and then he grades deeper and deeper no one will pull this guy aside and tell him hey man let's get you some help we don't acknowledge men we don't acknowledge anything that's wrong anymore everything now is treated as being something that's wonderful i'm supposed to think lizzo's beautiful Lizzo should be playing left tackle for the dallas cowboys and i'm supposed to, i'm supposed to watch lizzo dance around in a bikini that's no it's not beautiful i'm with and, you on that i'm with you on that like you I'm know, not beauty to... beauty is something that i i can't you know you want to butcher quotes i'll butcher one myself i don't know who said it but beauty is someone someone said beauty is something that everyone recognizes as unique and it's not easily i guess oh god it's not, i see i'm butchering this it's not it's not it's not ah uh, what's the fucking word it's not common yeah beauty's not common right everyone yeah. everyone knows like when they see something that's like holy shit that like that's beauty right it's like seeing they call it virtuosity like i'm gonna get really nerdy here like in in the crossfit world they call it virtuosity which is doing the uncommon uncommonly well right that's the same thing with beauty like you and i are great looking men jesse don't get me wrong however oh, <laughs> however right? there might be some who would be like wow that's not beautiful men no they're wrong mm -hmm. right yeah. but that's that's what well, i said yeah. like, when it comes because yeah like the, give me I, it's not about body shaming and all that. it's like just you know what not everyone's fucking beautiful not everyone's smart not everyone's intellectually better than the next i wasn't meant to be a fucking professional baseball player no matter how much i wanted to be in college you know it, that's just the reality of the world okay you're just not always cut out to do what it is you want to do and that's okay that's find something fucking else you can do and do it well where you can be anything and everything's beautiful and everything's okay i actually had one of my sons tell me one time when they were younger that he wanted to be an astronaut i said son you're gonna be six six find a new dream that's that's <laughs> not gonna not gonna work it's no, yeah way too tall bro there's no yeah. height waiver for that one <laughs> you, you can't you can't be anything you want to be that's a freaking lie that's a total lie <laughs> that's a lie people lie to you oh, they're a lie you suck at i suck at a lot of things too you have gifts yeah, Go I, man i suck at a lot of shit dude like yeah I'm really, I'm, I'm pretty good at a lot of stuff though. That's the thing. Guitar, all, all like, I'm pretty good at a lot of that stuff, man. I'm just not fucking great at anything other than drinking bourbon. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, all right. So I, I know you got this thing and I, we got about eight minutes left before you got to get the hell out of here. So you talk about the new, right. Talk about that a lot on Twitter. Right. If you don't, follow jesse on twitter you should jesse what's your what's your handle on twitter at jesse kelly dc all right just why dc i've been meaning to ask you that i didn't start the twitter handle it started <laughs> when i was running for congress i didn't even know what twitter was i didn't know i had a twitter account my yeah. staff did it for me and jesse kelly was taken and they thought i was going to be elected haha <laughs> jokes on them and so they <laughs> on the end now it's just <laughs> yeah so you ran in 2010 against good old gabby gifford huh that's right yeah i was for one yeah, four thousand votes. They had to recount. It took them a week to recount. I almost which won, are, which are which fucking Joe Kent's going through right now. Incredible. Yeah, 
Yeah, man, that's that's the one that ripped my heart out. I, well, I'm, that's I mean, like it, it's I need another six hours with you before we go delving into that one. Um, but so I'm curious, like, so you you know you did do that. You actually threw your hat in there, your your hat your hat into that arena. You know, you were pretty young to do that at the time. I think what were you, 30, 30, 31? 27. Oh, you were so yeah, you're really young, man. Like you went after it and you almost won. And I know you've kind of parlayed all of that into what you're doing now, but when you talk about the new right, A, I got two questions. Um, have you told any of the Republicans? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the good news is one of the great things about what I get to do now, which is basically screw off for a living. I can't believe yeah. I do that. Uh, read. You, you were prepared very well. <laughs> yes, yes, that's actually. <laughs> but one of the great things about what I get to do now is that, that uh, you do eventually, even though I don't deserve this, you do eventually get some level of influence. And so now I have senators and congressmen who text me and call me and ask me about this and ask me about that. And I'll meet with these people. And yes, actually, some of them are. Now, most of them are not. They're pathetic. But some of them are. And that number is growing for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, I know. I think it's a it's a very important thing because um, I think we all kind of agree on it. And, and that's why I'm really I don't want to say we all agree on it. I think if we were going to, if we're going to run our little sub circle here, I think we would all agree on that. But um, I mentioned this earlier, like we, this whole like concept of constantly being on defense and always kind of splintering each other based on what the topic is now. Cause when you look at the left, they always coalesce around each other. They're always in lockstep. They never try and like, Oh, that person's too far left. That part, that, no one ever does that. They're just, all right, this is what we're going to do. All right, let's go out and do it. Because how else could you ever take someone like AOC seriously? But they do. They do. And we're never going to have the hive mind of the left. Otherwise, we'd be leftists. Because That's true. That's a good point. Okay. We are going to be more individual thinkers. But we should be much, much, much more aggressive and much more bold with what we believe. And we'll, we'll do things like... Like uh, they'll they'll say, hey, yeah, I think we need to add a trillion dollars to the budget. And we'll say, no, that's outrageous. Uh, let's add half a billion instead. It, well, wait a minute. What? The counter to adding a trillion is not that. It's taking away a trillion. That, that, that we don't we don't ever play offense in any way. We're always defense, always playing their game, always on their field, never trying to wrong foot them. They're always wrong footing us over and over and over again, because I don't know what it is with this low T GOP afraid of their own. <laughs> I, I can't. And they're, they're all scared. They're all scared of a bad write up in the New York times or yeah, Politico. Why? Who gives I, a shit? Who fucking cares? No, love, forget about don't care. I love it. I want that. If you told me tomorrow morning, I was going to get just crucified in the Washington post. I'd pour another bourbon right now. That's great. <laughs> Jesse, guess what? If you do another yeah. hour, you're going to get crucified. In the <laughs> yeah. I I can. <laughs> um, but, but that's my thing, though, because I, I'm, I, I am with you on what you're saying. And, and the last thing I want to kind of get to is, yeah, we got four minutes. Mm -hmm. So when when we because I don't I just I, I talked about this with the politics of the European Union, these parties rise and fall every two years. Uh, I just personally I've held this belief for probably 20 years at this point. I don't think in a country our size, we should be forced to be getting told to be standing on one side of the room as you're a Democrat or the other side of the room as you're Republican. And that's it. Everyone like, where are you on third parties? Where are you on a need for more representatives based on just actual, you know, individual 
I guess it maybe it's just representation, but I'm sorry. Like the average politician doesn't really probably speak to me on a normal level. You know, if that makes well, sense. I'm, I'm game for any anti-communist at all, party at all. I'm not a Republican or a libertarian or a nationalist. Yeah, yeah. I am communist because unless they're defeated, nothing else matters. Right now, the Republican Party is not an anti-communist party. So if an anti-party par, anti-communist party comes along, I will happily support that party over anybody in the GOP. If the GOP actually wants to grow a set of balls and start fighting against the communists in some kind of meaningful way, then I'll be happy to be nicer to the GOP. Until then, all you congressmen and senators that send me texts, oh, stop ripping on us so bad. You can all go screw yourselves. You're all my enemy, just like the communists are until you get some balls. So you're running in 2024 is that what i just heard <laughs> i could in this country i am so far to the right of, of everyone in this country i would repeal child i would do stuff that most of the right would think is just insane so no no I'm so, never but that's again. kind of the thing though because you know that's what I, that's that's what i've been saying and i mean I, credit to joe for going out and actually doing it but man i i with some of the guys, I think we all run in the same circle for a little bit. But if some more, if more people were just willing to do it, maybe we wouldn't have to just sit here and be anecdotal about it. Yeah. Well, I think more and more people are willing to do it. There's more Joe Kent's out there. Joe ain't going anywhere. No, Joe's not going anywhere. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of good people out there that are just like, uh, you know, which I understand. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand. Like, why do you want to fucking have, be forced to spend all that money and, and get your fucking life torn apart in front of a bunch of people that don't give a shit about you anyway? Like, I get yeah. that. I get that. You just got to learn how to crave the fight and crave their hate. It makes it a lot easier when you learn to love it. You know, when if, if I ever do run, I'm definitely going to every debate with a bottle mm. of the finest quality house, Heavenville, <laughs> Kentucky bourbon. You know what? I'm going to move to Kentucky. I'm going to establish residency and I'm just going to run in that state because it's starting to learn a little, it's starting to lean a little too left, Jesse. You know what? And I'm going to go, I'm going to take, we're going to take bourbon back to Americans and we're going to take back the great state of Kentucky because I'll be damned if I'm going to be paying $390 for a bottle of Elmer T. Lee, which is now empty. And I used to be able to find this at the PX, actually the shop at, no, the class six on Fort Knox in Kentucky, $39 five years ago, six years ago. Now, Good luck. That's where we're at, Jesse. You know, I'm just here to stop the bourbon, the pillage of bourbon in this country. We all <laughs> got to find our niche and our and our our fucking uh, our calling, and that's mine. I support your platform, my man. If you're running on bourbon, you can count me in. See, I got Jesse Kelly. You can find Jesse Kelly on Twitter at Jesse Kelly DC. He does the Jesse Kelly Show every day from when? Monday through Friday, six to nine p.m. every time, okay. every day. So. He probably should have been doing this as we were. <laughs> I'm kidding. Man. All right. So that's good. That's just, Wait, do you do a TV show somewhere? I do. I do a TV show on the first TV every night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. All right. That's Jesse Kelly. Please find him and follow him. He is a very entertaining individual, but he's also very pragmatic and he's got a great burger recipe that we'll have to talk about at another time. But until then, you take care. There will be bourbon. Let's but stop this. Hmm. He gone.